Welcome to Thrive, a series that explores how founders, leaders, and changemakers innovate, grow, and navigate in an age of constant disruption. I'm thrilled to be here tonight and to uh, host our second Thrive event. Uh, Thrive is a series of conversations, and uh, we are hosting these in partnership with our alums from Free Range and with Leiden University Center for Innovation. Uh, thank you, Alex, for being here. I'm going to turn it over to Randall to introduce you. Yeah. You don't need this. No, I think I have a little problem. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Um, I, I also uh, teach uh, design and systems thinking here at Babson College. Um, so, oh, <laughs> I have some students here. And you seem to be doing a good job. Yeah, I seem to be doing a great job, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but I had the chance to meet Alex about seven months ago, yeah. you know, last summer, um, at a service innovation conference here in uh, San Francisco and we just kind of hit it off. We had a number of conversations over a few weeks and he started kind of uh, giving me some insight of what HP was doing uh, since the most recent separation uh, about two years ago yep. now. Um, and uh, over that time I got to know him a little bit. He's a husband, father of two, avid cyclist, like just a great, just a great guy and I uh, thought his story should, should be told. Um, and, and, and be heard. Um, so I'd love to just kind of kick it off uh, and, and talk a little bit about HP and, and the separation. Sure. Yeah. Well, glad to be here. Thanks for coming. So HP must be a very boring company, you know, for, you know, for the place we are in. Um, you hear my accent. I'm from Germany. Um, I'm one of those old timers, you know, 20 years with the company. Um, um, you talked about separation, right? So HP used to be um, the IBM, if you will, right? So server storage, networking services, PCs and printers. Um, 120 billion we used to be. And one and a half, two years ago, we split the company in two. Well, there's one HP, you see the blue bubble, you know, you know. Uh, anybody has an HP PC? Hey, excellent, fantastic. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about Apple. Um, so PC and print is HP, we now call ourselves HP Inc and then uh, uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise is the other company. So I'm, in, I'm, I'm part of the PC and print company and I was part of the project that uh, split the company. So we called it the separation management office. We basically took 400 people in the company. We used to be 350,000 people. Um, we took 400 people into a, into a core project team and then worked for a, a good 10, 12 months to actually split the operations of the company, which was a Herculean effor uh, effort. It was a phenomenal uh, experience. And, you know, many of you have experience with project management. And we always talk about, you know, what's the number one success criteria when you talk about project management? Well, it's sponsorship, right? And, you know, this was a fairly important project. So you, you had, you know, the, the, the cadence and the interest and the support and the inquiry of everyone, you know, top to bottom. And that made it a huge success. It was super exciting. You know, it's almost a, a small little MBA program because you learn many, many things. And uh, that's what, what brought me over here uh, um, to, the, to the U.S. My second stint in the U.S., you know, I've lived in all three regions, lived and worked, worked in all three regions for HP. That's the beauty of such a big company. You, um, and uh, yeah, brought the family over one and a half, two years ago. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of the, the, the real success metrics, I think, um, just so for a little bit more context for HP, Alex is head of uh, global sales operations. It's about a thousand uh, person company. They support 7,000 um, inside sales. Um, outside inside, outside yeah. 150,000 more and then probably a million salespeople. <laughs> um, in overall. our channel partner. Yeah, in, the, in yeah. the overall channel partners. They didn't lose one single channel partner and that entire separation, which I think is really, really amazing. We got, we got um, you know, we engaged early on. Um, yeah, I remember we, when we were in these separation meetings, we thought we need to think about how we secure the business, you know, because if you separate, you know, and it's a running, it's a machine like No Tomorrow, we see we need to think of something like it. And, and the first name was Safety Belt. We said, well, you know, we had a couple of Europeans in that project. We said, that's probably not a good name, you know, let's call it Navigator. And we deployed a Navigator project um, a program with our largest channel partner, right? So we sell PC print. Um, so, you know, we do sell about 87% of our revenue of our hardware um, PC and print goes through the channel. Um, the rest goes direct to the very, very largest account. So 
you realize, gee, we heard about Lenovo selling their PC, uh, IBM selling their PC business many years ago, selling their server business. We heard about these stories where suddenly channel partners don't get paid anymore. You don't have product. You don't know where it is. You don't know your inventory. Um, let's, let's come up with something. And we came up with this navigator program where we worked with the largest channel partners and said, you know, we sponsor you a person in your organization. Um, and then we work with you and we document every little detail on how to do business, right? And if you talk about, you know, HP Inc., uh, you know, is now $48 billion revenue, there's a lot of PC and, and printers that you need to ship into that, into that uh, channel. So there's a lot of, you know, moving parts, a lot of money going back and forth. Um, we didn't have one senior escalation. We didn't lose one, uh, one channel partner. Or we didn't have a senior customer ex uh, escalation. It was a phenomenal effort. Again, you know, because we had the right sponsorship behind it. Right? Yeah, and I think, you know, from the outside and just like sitting in some of the conversations uh, with you and your team, um, I mean, it's a Fortune 50 company that has 70 years of execution mm -hmm. and really was had a startup mindset. Yeah. Um, I've been in several startups everyone on their team has a startup mindset which is pretty fascinating and it's kind of led to this next wave of transformation in the company which i think is the reason why you were separating the yeah. first place well first of all i i think you know we we found gee you're so big you know investment decisions prioritization decisions you know are way too slow you know you uh, apart from the fact that you take your your printer profit your ink profit and apply it for for purchases over on the enterprise side you know that's that's company uh, decision but we became so so slow and so bureaucratic that it really made sense so we thought so we went into that separation went through the separation and interestingly you know, we had to go through small little details like choose your teams. You know all the people, so you're going to go here and you're going to go there, right? And that was, was a, you know, these kind of you know professional experiences you don't you don't you don't have uh, very often. But you know, then we said, okay, like you said, okay, we're a 70 year old uh, company, we're a Fortune 50, but we're in the valley. We want to we want to be modern, right? We want to you know have that you know the, the 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 robustness of a Fortune 50 of experience of established channel of established go-to-market programs, but you, you need a new culture because you got to try something different because the, the the world's changing. You know you know everything's becoming digital, um, and we developed this this mind of a startup, and uh, it was fascinating to see how quickly the two cultures and the two behaviors in the two companies that used to be colleagues, used to be friends, you know, drifted apart, right, you know. And, um, and, and as part of that, we started, and that's how we actually really, um, you know, did some work together as well. We started on my side, you know, I'm, I'm supporting basically our sales activities, sales operations, you know, you said it, 7,000 HP sellers. We have about 150,000 channel partners. We always say, you know, there's another million sales reps out there which sell our products, right, in, in channel partners. Now, the thing is, whether they sell an HP PC, a Lenovo PC, a Dell PC, you know, it's a commodity, same with a printer, right? So ease of doing business, sales enablement, these kinds of things, you know, are extremely important. We said, you know, we got to try something different. We want to be agile. We want to be more risk-taking, um, you know, and we, we really saw this being smaller, being nimbler, going from 350,000 people to 50,000 people, um, having a management, uh, a small management team that focuses, I've got PC, I've got print, you know, I've got 3D print, we can talk about this in a little, in a little while. Um, you, you get this incredible, that you would know from smaller organizations, from modern organization, uh, you know, you get this management support and say, Let's drive transformation. So we're, we, we uh, Randall and I have been working on our sales transformation, you know, in the company. Yeah, yeah. And, but there was a people piece too, right? That was incredibly important. We're talking a lot about innovation and processes, um, but at the end, at the center of everything you guys were doing, where you were really thinking about the people and how to move them into the right direction, um, not just your internal like company, but your external partners as well. And I think for me, like, uh, you know, sitting on the outside, it's probably HP is one of the most innovative companies I've ever come across. Um, and, and primarily because of how you act as a team and how you've galvanized to move in this new direction. And I'm really looking forward <laughs> to seeing what comes of it. But if you could just talk a little bit about the change effort on the people side, um, because the separation tasked the culture quite a yeah. bit, right? Yeah. And, and then like, how do you continue to inspire? What are you doing on that front? Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
HP has has, has historically had a, a culture, you know, where you know it's a people culture. So we, you know, it's, it's not just you know what you do. It's very very important how you do it, and that's that's what, for example, kept me, you know, you know, motivated and excited in the company for over twenty years. Um, we always say people are our uh, greatest asset. Um, the founders, you know, founders of Silicon Valley, you know, uh, Hewlett and Packard, um, came up with this HP way and with, with this, you know, focus on a smaller company, what uh, Dion Weisler, our CEO, did extremely well. He says, look, we're a new company, we need our own culture. We, you know, we bring back some of the old values, the HP way of accountability, of collaboration, of teamwork, right? Um, uh, fast decision making and we took this on and and we are in this lucky situation where from my perspective the you know the, the management team is a great mixture of very established very long you know many long timers and new additions to the company that brought in external perspective and it's a great blend right and i think you need both you cannot have either or um, in an organization with that history with that size with that complexity um, and we're leveraging this you know, to drive change. And we're saying, look, we're in a declining market. PC and print, you know, you know, I said it, you know, in one of the one of the pre-discussions, you know, we're super excited about the innovative and the sexy PCs. You guys need to check out HP.com. You know, <laughs> we have, you know, 23 awards at CES for best of show. We have sexy PCs again, but let's face it, you know, especially if you're if you're a company Everybody needs a PC. You know, it's not the core competency to have PC for my workforce or for you. You need a PC, right? So, um, you know, taking this and said, if we're in the declining market, we got to do something different than applying the old recipes. So, you, know, how do we? change our processes. We've got fantastic focus on engineering, on design, on security, on the printer side, design on the PC side. We're going into new markets. We'll, we'll touch about, uh, we'll touch on, on 3D, 3D print. But then go to market innovation. How do you bring your product out? How do you reach the customer? How do you convince that, you know, it's easier to sell an HP than it is to sell a Lenovo for a channel partner, right? And in a large organization, you've got to change many, many people. You know, HP has a culture of, I always joke, you know, there's many people who can say no. There's very few people who say yes, and then you have got a, a very hierarchical system. We don't have a, a we're a very you know collaborative culture. So when you know Randall and I met each other at this at this event up here in the city, you know you were talking to 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 uh, to someone else and said, yeah, you know we need to develop this momentum in in organizations where you where you convince people like me who have been in an organization for a long time, you know. Um, that you can change, that you can accelerate, that you can do things differently. And again, if you're in a declining market, you gotta outgrow your competition. You gotta be better. And, and um, Alex at the time so seemed a little beat down. Oh, he had so just gone funny. through a pretty significant transformation. It was fun. It was in a year, and, yeah. I, and I was just in. I, I mean, my my jaw was dropping. I was like, "This is amazing! Like, tell me more." And, and it was incredibly inspiring to hear that a Fortune 50 company could right. move so fast, yeah. right? And and understanding that it, it, even though it was a top-down effort, that you know everyone from the bottom right. is galvanizing around this new direction this new opportunity yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then with the you know having a clear vision as well yeah. of, of what needed to be done to be a more experienced forward and customer driven um, organization um, let's touch on the that piece mm -hmm. that that kind of transformation that's happening on the sales innovation right. front um, they're working on five separate initiatives or five larger yep. initiatives all in parallel um, with a very tight timeline to in essence rotate to a new HP yep. pretty much overnight. Um, and, and again, I haven't seen startups move this fast. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So we said, okay, we got to do something different. You know, we had a new mindset, you know, in, you know from, started from Dion. And in the old environment, we, we had everything in the entire company. We had our internal offshoring, blah, blah, blah. So we said, look, that's, you know, we're here in, in, in the Silicon Valley. Let's, let's use new concept. I don't know who read the book, you know, Exponential Organizations. Let's, let's, let's work with organizations who specialize in something as opposed to continuously trying everything yourself. So we started to think about how can we do outsourcing? We've got thousands of people who do transactional activities in India 
that's not our core. There's people, you know, there's organizations who do this better, you know, who have a fantastic home for these people, right, you know, um, and who can help us accelerate innovation. Um, then, you know, we started out the company with lots of, you know, the new company with lots of excitement, but we thought, oof, you know, PC and print are tough markets, right? So we don't have like these hundreds of millions of dollars laying around or sitting around. Let's just do, you know, process innovation topics. So we worked with some of the partners, um, you know, some of the large system integrators. We have go-to-market partnerships with Accenture, PwC, Deloitte, you know, um, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Capgemini. We said, let's develop new business models instead of me buying a new software from you, let's develop a, a business model together. You build a new customer experience for our large enterprise accounts for e-business, and I pay you back over the next eight years, right? And, and, and suddenly, you're able in a very margin-thin company to, to initiate discussions about how do we do, you know, how do we initiate, how do we drive change, how do we afford to change, right? It's just not outsourcing process innovation, right? It's outsourcing capital investment, it's which is fairly exactly, amazing, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because everybody can do the business process outsourcing. Like, you know, we've done that, we've outsourced hundreds of people. And, but it's, it's so we're, we're changing the way we get information from our channel. What have you sold? What's the inventory? We're digitizing this entirely. You know, in a the company with the complexity of HP, you have hundreds of systems. You have, and the same metric, is, or the same variable is measured differently, so it means differently. Aged inventory, everybody gets this. Well, in Asia, I've got this definition. In Europe, I've got that definition, so on and so forth. And some of these systems have been in place since you were there. Uh, you we, we, we're replacing a sales compensation system that's 30 years old. Yeah. Um, um, so we're changing the way we get we digitize information from the channel. We're changing um, our 30-year-old sales compensation system. We're using analytics to deploy quota as opposed to negotiation with the sales management. You know, I have this account patch and this is what my quota needs to be. Um, we're changing out our CRM system. Everybody, you know, whether it's Salesforce.com, Microsoft Dynamics, and so on and so forth. We had all these systems in place for the large organization, for HP, legacy HP. We're nimble. We have a transactional sales model. We're growing in contractual. We need something different. But let's not do a, another CRM implementation, funnel management. Let's do a sales collaboration. Let's weave in digital sales. We're changing the way we, we interact with our largest accounts. We're introducing better digital capabilities. Um, how do you get these together? How do we teach our salespeople using some of the new technology, right? How do you have an excellent mobile experience, whether you're an HP sales rep, whether you're uh, a channel sales rep? Um, so we're driving all of these different change initiatives. And, you know, when Randall and I, you know, met first, we said, look, you know, this is a lot of change for our people, you know. How do we, how do we create a message? How do we create a momentum? And we developed this vision, which we now call, you know, seamless sales, right? Wouldn't it be great if you're an HP seller, if everything worked seamlessly, right? If you have technology working for you, if you start an opportunity, you know exactly how much money you're going to make with that opportunity. You, you know, you know, what your channel partner sold and you use that information in your supply chain, you know, and you save so much time as a salesperson that you can still use, you know, from a human aspect, you, you know, there's a certain element in, in sales that will never be automated, that will never be, uh, you know, uh, electronic, right? And so you drive sales productivity so people can manage the relationship, can manage the partners because again, you know, if you're just for a PC, whether it's a Dell or a Lenovo or an HP, that's not that. There's not that big of a And that was one of the biggest assets yeah. of your company are relationships with exactly. your partners. It's, it's, it's one of the things you would hear when speaking with your partners, they would say, doing sales with HP is a pain, but man, I love them. Mm. You know, I love the people. And you know, you flip that over in about a year and a half, right, of doing just some of this work in a declining market, you're up 10% in yep. PC sales, yep. right? Like a PC is supposed to be declining, it's supposed to be dropping off, you're up 10% in this Yesterday's last quarter, quarter, which is pretty yeah. amazing, yeah. right? So a lot of this process innovation is is working and working really well pretty much overnight. Um, what are some of the, what have been some of the negative drawbacks to this? So, so change yeah. is hard, right? You know, you know, I, I, I always, you know. Big words. You know, okay, okay. Staying is always easier. Um, so, buzzwords like you digitize processes, 
Everybody gets this. You, you get clean data so you can use analytics. Everybody gets this. You know, if you start small and you, you grow right you know, and, and clean, very easy. If you have a hodgepodge of an old company with established you know, systems that are different and everybody wants it his way. You know, also people say, no, no, I get it. You know, we all need to change. Why don't you start? And I'll go last. So um, what's exciting, what's hard, is everybody can build new widgets, new tools, very, very easy, right, you know. Changing the way people work, you know, changing, you know, getting people to believe that the new thing, which is never perfect at the very beginning, you know, that the new, f new thing will work out, is always hard, right? The larger the organization, you know, the harder, you know, and, and, but this is when culture comes in. Um, I'm super excited, even though it's tough, even though every day something else pops up and, oh, we haven't thought of this, you know, guess what, a 20-year-old system, there's not many people around who know that system, you know. So you replace it, you unplug it, and suddenly you go like, ooh, <laughs> didn't think of that one. And then, so what we're, what we're learning is, how do you, how do you, how do you combine risk taking, and and you know, and, and being agile, with, you know, getting an acceptable quality, right? The smaller the organization, the easier it is to come out with a better product and, and, and you know, I'll throw something out and we perfect it. If you're in a machine that sells hundreds of thousands of hardware pieces a day, you know, you start to see these issues, they accumulate very quickly. So, you know, that has been one of the challenges. How do you keep people, you know, um, you know seeing that you're working on the right thing and you prevent people from, see, I told you it's not going to work. We've got this issue, you know, because of you. Well, it's very, very easy to, to fall into that. And uh, we've been there in the old world a lot. You know, we, you know I've, I've seen, you know, different, different corners of the company. And I'm just so excited every day still about, you know, the management support we have, right? I mean, so we're working on process optimization and process innovation and uh, sales, sales transformation. This is a topic. Tomorrow we, we have a we have a, a, a QBR with our CEO. This is a topic that um, that that is on the agenda for the CEO, right? Yeah. And one of the one of the things I I, w I was kind of amazed that about, and I mean, we were just having this conversation a little bit earlier. Is you know, there's this this fast fail mentality, right, here in in the Bay, and, and it's fine for startups, right? But for more established companies, I mean, you can't really fail that much. Um, and, and what I think you guys have done really, really well, and, um, and it comes across uh, with your team, right, is that you don't want to fail, right? You, you want to solve problems, and you want to collaborate as fast as possible, and someone's going to stand up at any given moment. Um, you know, from a leadership perspective, uh, how, how are you guys training um, internally on that? Or is that just a mindset that's always existed in the company? I can't believe it's always existed. Right? It hasn't always yeah. existed. It hasn't always existed. Absolutely not. Right? I always joke about how you how do you do management training in a company like HP. Well, here you go. Figure it out. Good luck. Um, I think we have started out the new company HP Inc. in a phenomenal way. We started, you know, we started in a, uh, on a couple priorities. We got, a, we need a people culture. The interesting thing is the people culture, you know, your documentation and so on, that wasn't available overnight. Actually, we're still building it, which is normal. But, you know, the couple slogans that really helped um, uh, drive people to believe is, an established company, you know, the, the a Fortune 50 with the heart of a startup, you know, that tells people something. Hmm. Actually, we gotta we gotta behave. We we have the the, the trust, the management trust. We have the ask to behave differently, to drive, uh, to to try uh, different things. Um, and then the fact that we're going back to our old roots of innovation, right? You know, I said it before, Hewlett and Packard, you know, founded or built, you know, started this, this, the Silicon Valley. HP has always been a company focused on innovation, you know. And um, we're, we, we're using this in the company to motivate people to try out new things and say it's not just product, it's, you know, go-to-market innovation, process innovation, how, you know, it's, it, it's transformation. And, and I think Dion has done a phenomenal, or the management team have done a phenomenal um, job in, in selecting the leaders, you know. And I, you know, I felt it 
we want it to be differently immediately. You know, from the day of the day one, you know, we oh, finally we're rid of the old, right? And these are still your friends and so on and so forth. It's your, your legacy, but it it just felt incredibly exciting, liberating, um, and empowering. You know, to 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 try out new things. And you know, to this date, we haven't had a senior management change. You know, that's one and a half or three quarters of a year. Um, we're back to growth, second quarter of growth, you know, we just reported yesterday. A year ago there were Wall Street Journal, uh, you know, headlines, the PC is dead. You know, we're up 10% year over year, you know. Um, we're getting into, into 3D print, um, leveraging our printing technology, you know, you know, everybody knows an HP inkjet, you know, I mean, we're pretty good at that, right? Um, so we're, we're, instead of printing ink on a piece of paper, we're printing you know, fluid in um, into, into a powder, and that's how you know we. And then we do layer after layer. That's our three D print technology. If you infuse innovation topics in 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 a, in an employee base that has lots of that has strong roots, that has a culture of being a people uh, a people company, that has a culture of uh, engineering. Um, you know, chances are that falls on, certain, on on very fertile ground, and that, from my perspective, that's exactly what happened. Right? We we're running after innovation topics like no tomorrow. We are very proud of, of specifically this particular quarter. You know, everybody can grow if you have a Windows refresh and so on and so forth. We outgrew the market um, by a mile. Why? Because finally, we've got products we believe that are sexy again. We've got the thinnest PC, um, uh, you know, of, of all the thinnest laptop of all. All manufacturers, and, you, and you've innovated on the sales front. And right? you're innovating. And on the, the, the innovation on the sales front is, is kind of why we're here. It's, it, it's pretty remarkable. It's kind of what you're supporting yeah. in the organization. Um, you know, we didn't go too deep on it, but from a learning and development perspective, mm -hmm. what are you doing on that front? I mm -hmm. mean, because you are shifting the mindset. Yes. You yes. are you yes. are bringing people along and, and teaching them how to sell in a new way because we do have to sell in a new way. As a matter of fact, you know, excellent topic. So sales training and channel partner training you know um, every sales organization knows how to do this best right so we had multiple different um, fantastic approaches to sales training none of them worked so you know you know you know everybody complained about it but you know if you want to help and you know, no 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 this is in my kingdom you know I'm responsible don't you tell me how to do that so here also, we tried something new, right? We partnered with uh, using exponential organizations, if you will, external knowledge. We partnered um, with one of our go-to-market partners. We said, look, sales training, there's some specifics to HP, but there's new technologies, there's new capabilities, there's new methods, there's new behaviors, new characteristics that are not specific to PC and print, you know get us this external perspective. So we're we've, we've built, as one of the transformation programs, we've built a sales academy and a partner academy where we're leveraging external knowledge to, you know, you know to, to educate our sales force in, you know, this is how you solution sell as opposed to just a PC. This is how you security sell as opposed to just a printer, right? Um, you know, this is how you, you know, I, I talked, I, I, I spoke about that before, you know, we're renovating our e-commerce, commercial e-commerce uh, presence entirely. We're weaving these tools, new ways of doing things into our sales training, for example. This is how you use digital sales, you know, to, to, to cover your customer. You don't need to do the small little run the business farming the customer. You know, we've got capabilities. Use that. Present this to your customer. Empower your customer to, to, uh, to, to self-serve and use analytics, you know, to upsell, cross-sell, right? And it's wor the machine's working for you, you know. And instead of having this, okay, here's the newest tool, here's the newest e-business tool, you know, we, we in integrate that into the sales training. That's for our HP sales force. For our partner sales force, you know, same thing, sales academy, partner academy. Um, here's how you get certified to sell HP. By the way, and, and, and you know, gonna talk for, for a second, a channel, what is a channel? A channel is you've got, you know, small little companies that have been selling PCs, printers, office supplies to other companies for years, right? So 
not all of them are the CDWs, the insides of the world, the large companies, right? But when you go into SMB markets, you know, and we all know the size of SMB markets. Small and mid-sized business. Small, small mid-sized business around the world. You know, chances are that these companies that you're dealing with, these channel partners, are not at the absolute forefront of here's the newest digital sales capability, here's the newest widget, here's how you do social selling, right? So we develop capabilities, we have a social media center where we help curate social content for our channel partners. We train them how to use that. And then we can say, with HP, you can learn, you as a channel partner, how to be, you know, a, a, an opinion builder in the market. And suddenly you go like, okay, you know, again, we're talking commodities, PCs, printers, right? HP, Lenovo, Dell, you know, what have you. But they are helping me be successful with my clients, right? I'm a channel partner, HP is giving this training to me, I'm certifying, okay, they have, you know, we developed this concept of learn to earn with us, with HP. We think of you in your experience from learning to earning. That's, you know, if you own a channel partner company, hmm, they're helping my people to learn, they're helping me demand generate, they're helping me transact, and they're helping me earn. Right? I'm going to give you more business. I'm going to give you more business yeah. because it's easier. right? Um, one of the transformations we're, we're driving, and what did we do? We took you know, funding, we took responsibilities out of our regional sales organizations. We centralized, but we didn't say, we know how to do this better. You know, we're exactly as good or bad as you out in Europe or in Asia or here in the US. You know, no, we took someone out from the industry, uh, from outside, and we were like, look, Britain went through a good selection process. These guys know what they're doing, and we deploy this. And we use a new business model where we, you know, say, why don't we build self-funding models? You know, Mr. Partner, you get value, so you know, pay us a small fee, and before you know it, you have ongoing innovation in this in in, in this model. You know? And it's in from my perspective, it's it's really interesting that you're taking the 80-20 rule of you're taking 80% best practices out of the company, and then you're trying to alter it 20%. Where I think it was flipped before, it was um, absolutely, and, and yeah. it's just the receptivity of the company mm. to do that is pretty amazing, considering you probably were the opposite and owning everything before, right? And, and didn't want to listen and... Absolutely, and yeah. which, which I find fascinating. And I is mean, that a top-down thing or is it a... Is it, is it's it actually both, but it's actually both, but I give you a, a small little, you know, you know, interesting fact, which is probably gonna, you know, be a surprising fact. So, I mean, in, in, in an organization we call, which we call strategy business management run by the COO of the company, CEO has been in, in HP for 35 years. Oh, wow, so an old guy, you know, you know deploying, deploying new concepts, right? You know, um, um, my boss, you know, the head of sales strategy and operations in the company for 30 years. I'm going, huh, that's weird, right? I've been in the company for 20 years, right? So how come, you know, these old, old bones, you know, have these, you know, have, have the, 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 the courage to, to drive something new? But I, I, again, I think it's because we had this liberating effect, you know, with the separation, you know, we, we started out with the right management team, the right mixture of old and new. We have, we, we, you know, on my team, I've got, you know, external and internal. Uh, long timers, if you will, right? Um, and we've got this incredible, just you know, energy and say, yeah, it's hard. Don't tell me how hard your job is. You know, push, push, push. Take risk. You know, we give you the trust. You know, you've got boatloads of experience. You've got external partners who help you. You know, um, and kind of guide you. Uh, it's this combination, right? It's this combination of old and new, I would say. Um, um, but and, and you see that in kind of the ranks, right? There's this multi-generational yeah. play that's going really, really well yeah. for you. Like yeah. you're sticking millennials in charge of very large. <laughs> Initiatives, right, and, and letting them run with it, and trusting them, and I have a I have yeah. this phenomenal little, little little example. So we're running uh, we're running a project. We call it Project Freedom. We're changing our CRM solution to a sales collaboration suite, uh, swapping out technology. Um, the project manager on this is a new hire on the company, right? I mean, he, he's one of these kids that you know we like you guys. You know, we say kids um, that we see in the in the valley. You know, had his own small little startup, failed. You know, had an app, and you know, failed. and uh, failed. But brings in, and then you, you see you see these discussions, you know, which is phenomenal. You know, okay, you can learn something from the old, from from the from the old dog, but 
look at you know the new experience that that someone brings in the different thinking and that's just uh, um, that's just exciting yeah and just the level of respect uh, you're you're bringing to the table for him too is yeah. great yeah yeah um, you know from a from a on a personal note right we've been talking a lot about HP I mean what it's what has it been like for you and and you know has it reengaged you in a different way um, how has it changed over the last twenty years and so. If you're in an organization for so long, you know, um, you either, in my opinion, you either kind of, you know, you become the culture, you become the company, you become the the, the organization. And I think that's that's the worst that can happen to you, right? I had the the, the privilege of of being challenged. Um, in different ways, I haven't changed companies one to the other, which is, uh, I think, a th you know, uh, an exercise people should do because you're being challenged. Uh, I've been challenged to 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 assimilate with different cultures. Early in the career, you know, I was um, I had the opportunity to work in in, in the U.S. in California, um, and I and I started to learn. You know, when once you move away, many of you guys would know this. You start to realize the oddities, you know, of the Germans in my case, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that when I was in Germany, but when I lived in California, oh, that's why they think we're so direct <laughs> and so, you know, so, you know, you know, inflexible and so on and so forth. So early on, I, I jeans in a blazer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, old men, you don't get that. old men in jeans. Um, um, had this opportunity that went back to Germany. Um, then I had to grow, you know, very, very. I had the opportunity to grow very, very fast um, uh, in Asia. You know, um, basically within within a span of two years, I went from a manager level to a vice president level, running an organization of you know 700 people, based out of Singapore. Uh, based out of Singapore, I spent four and a half years there. Uh, phenomenal like, uh, opportunity. So we have this term of you know the right person in the right job at the right time, right? So I was uh, I would say, like, you know, I was very very lucky. Um, went back to Europe, you know, and and learned, you know, how to cut twenty million dollars cost out of an organization in one year in in a in a in a in a region like Europe where you have you know incredibly inflexible labor laws, right? Um, so you learn new things, right? And I and over the time, and these were some of the toughest you know, situations in my in my professional career, where you you know you, you start to find these 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 methods that work for you, right? And and I've developed this, you know, like it, leave it, change it, right? You know, no one's asking you to do this, right? It's yourself, you know. No one, you know, no one. Um, you can quit every day, right? If you will. Um, so don't complain. Look at it uh, in 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 the in the in the positive way. That kept me young from that perspective, right? And then being in the separation, which was you know, just incredible. I mean, for 12 months, it was basically work sleep and that was it you know work sleep a little bit of mountain biking you know saturdays and sundays for two hours and then you go you back to work you took your kids to yosemite Come on. i did i yeah. did yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. All right. um, um when you then see the the, the the ability to make decisions and when you see the, you know management trust senior management trust in you and that was the big big change from a culture perspective with hp inc that just fires you up, and you're able to do things that you didn't think you know would be possible, or you, know, you go into discussions where you're like, oh, that's going to be difficult. Um, so, there's, however, not one day, not one day where I go like, 20 years, you know, you got to change, you got to go somewhere else. You're no longer marketable because you've become HP, your dinosaur, and so on and so forth. And that's just a personal challenge that I have for myself, you know. Look, you know, and working with, you know, now especially trying these new ways, learning from from uh, from from external companies, whether they are large organizations like these large global system integrators, whether they are small and nimble organizations like your organization, your organizational Randall. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that that has kept me. I think, I hope, agile. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we head into uh, uh, QA with the crew mm -hmm. here. Is there anything you want to just say that's coming out for HP or that you're super excited about? I mean, you've, so, are, you've been excited. The yeah, I've been, time. I've been excited. Um, <laughs> so first of all, everybody who's got an, an Apple, at least check out HP.com. You know, <laughs> uh, click on premium laptops. They are phenomenal. Um, the other thing, you know, which, you know, None of us, probably, or none of you guys would know, we're getting into 3D print. You know, we actually believe uh, we have a shot at 
um, changing the world of manufacturing. And this is a $6 trillion market, a trillion. So why is that? Today, you know, and we hear it in, the, in, the, in, in these discussions uh, with, the latest, uh, with the newest administration every day, right? Every manufacturing is, you know, offshored, you know, uh, low-costed, right? Um, 3D print, and we're not the only player, but we have a technology that's uh, 10 times faster than anybody else at half the cost. Um, we're out in the market now. Um, 3D print is going to, you know, change manufacturing entirely. Think of spare parts, replacement parts, you know, that you don't need to ship around the globe. Think about the impact on the environment it's going to have on sustainability. Think about, we, we use the term of democratizing uh, manufacturing. Think about, you know, wh what opportunity you have in growth regions in developing nations. We're super excited about this. Um, and we drive a strategy, which is the si most simple strategy I've ever heard. We talk, about, we talk about everything in three dimensions. Core, growth, future. Of course, PCEs and print. That's where the money is today, right? Growth is about, I don't know if anybody heard, you know, we bought the printer business of Samsung. Why would you buy a printer business? Well, PC and print are declining, right? We've got 40% market share in print, 4% market share in copier, $5 billion, uh, $55 billion TAM or market. If we just grow 10%, we're going to add $5 billion revenue to our, to our company. So, you know, chances are, if you do a good printer, you can do a good copier or multifunction device. That's going to help us keep the company stable, go, we just grew, you know, 4% year over year, entire company, 10% in PCs, um, to invest in the future. 3D print, we started to ship the first machines out there. So we're working with companies like, you know, the big contract manufacturers, whether it's J-Bill, you know, we're working with car companies, BMW on prototyping, working with companies like Nike. In the future, you're gonna scan your feed in the, in the shop, they're gonna custom print your sole for you, your shoe for you, and you're gonna have your shoe, right? Um, we're, we're, we're looking at, so that's our digital off-ramp. We're going from digital to analog again because we, you know, 3D print. On the, on, the, on the personal system side, we talk about the digital on-ramp. You know, we talk about uh, blended reality, hybrid reality. So we, we invested in, in um, uh, acquisitions for scanning companies. You know, we have a, a very weird looking product out there, which is the HP Sprout. It's basically a desktop with an overhead projector on top of it. That's what it looks like. And we're going into 3D scanning. So then you have, you scan, you go from analog to digital, you use all the technology, all the software that's out there, you know, you, you, and then you democratize manufacturing. So that's what's fire, firing us up, you know, in, in terms of growth, you know, why, why do we believe, why do analysts believe out there um, that HP is not just in the rat race of, you know, okay, you know, how much margin can you make in PC, how much ink can you sell, these kinds of things, but actually that innovation is real, innovation is going to be sustainable, and we're using this to propel us for and to secure us for the next 70 years. So, well, we're yeah, excited. the next 70. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's brilliant. We're excited. Brilliant. Well, yeah. let's open it up to QA. Um, anyone have any questions? Yeah. Um, with the with the growth that you're just talking about for HP, do you see processes um, within the company to continue to evolve as Absolutely. they've been evolving? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you know, today, so yesterday we had quarter results. Um, um, today we had our, you know, all employee coffee dog, right? Dion gets together with everybody around the world. We just announced, for example, a today. Um, we awarded one of the big software vendors uh, a project to renovate, um, consolidate our ERPs, right? So, you know, ERP systems, as with any systems, we've got too many of them, you know, they're about as old as they can be, right? Um, Enterprise resource planning. Okay. Yeah. Think SAP, think <laughs> Oracle, you know, think the big, you know, the core of the company. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, multiple hundred million dollar investment, you know. You know, we're actually benefiting, you know, from the separation from, uh, from you know, the old HP because we've got so much old technology in the company um, and some of these 
tools, whether it's your master data, whether it's a customer data, and so are so old, you cannot just clone them. Okay, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, you get a version, HP Inc., you get a version, right? You, you actually need to transform, so we're using this as an inflection point, but um, this is not a one-time thing, right? So we're changing the entire, literally, sales enablement for our HP sellers, for our channel sellers. You know, as we're driving this, we're already talking about how could we get to the next, next thing to really capture the seller as opposed to the channel partner company. So we're, we're having very exciting company uh, discussions with some of the you know typical software vendors in this space. Right? Yeah, there's a new HP mindset. There's a new yeah. HP mindset, yeah. So yeah. It's never gonna stop evolving yeah. now, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming and sharing all of this Thank with us. Thank you for coming. Um, so I'm thinking like, from the startup perspective, on the medium uh, company size, one of the threads or could could be capital, could be the pace of innovation or, or other competitors. From what you're saying, sort of like money wouldn't be an issue. The culture is critical. It, you are working great with that, and um, you are on top of innovation. So my question is, what is that? Uh, um, threat. What scares you? What? Uh, what execution. is execution? Execution. So. It's, it's, you know, at, at, a, at a company of this complexity, at a, at a machine of this size, you know, starting these, these initiatives um, are hard enough, right? But actually executing, saying what you said you were going to do, and, and actually doing what you said you were going to do, and implementing that change, and keeping the, 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 the your, your, your employee base, your people motivated, you know, keeping the belief in the organization, keeping the management trust. So execution is our theme for this year, right? So, you know, last year we were, you know, especially in our, you know, sales enablement organization, you know, we literally had the CEO come to us and said, you know, besides the product guys, I believe you guys are the most innovative you know organization in the company because you're trying out new ways of achieving progress right um, so in in any in any environment whether it's a small company or a large company you're only as good as yesterday's or today's success right you know so tomorrow you need to prove yourself again right so this year our thread uh, our our focus is execution right to really land these these uh, change initiatives yeah. I'm uh, curious to learn more about the learning and development work that you guys are doing. So you mentioned a lot of the investment that you've made um, in delivering information content to channel partners, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. How do you think about the distinction between um, learning and development about knowledge content process and some of the more skill-based stuff that you guys do, right? Whether it's improving interactions with um, you know, customers uh, through conversations in person, that kind of stuff. How do you think about the difference between learning to know and sort of learning to do as you, you push that stuff out? Um. What we, what we started doing is we listen, we try to listen a lot, you know, one on the product side, right, you know, to, to your customer. We have, specifically on, on that particular topic, we, we have a very tight relationship with the largest channel partners. You know, we, we developed this elite, you know, club of, of, of those partners that, you know, kept you know, kept loyal to, yeah, so to us, believed that we were going to do this separation. Um, it's almost like a president's circle, if you will, right? Um, and we're having regular interactions around the world, right? You know, how can we help you be more successful, right? And so we're, we're, we're driving a lot of that, you know, listening to our partners. What's the next thing that we need to focus on? And same in the, in, in the learning side, right? You know, one of the, 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 the themes that has come through, for example, was, you know, can you help us be more clever in the world of social selling, right? So how can you help us, you know, carry the brand name out there, you know? Um, the, the, the theme and solutions, you know, it's very easily said, right? You know, it's very, you know, it's very easy to sell a product. It's very easy, it's very hard to understand and, and get the trust from your customer that, you, that you're there, you're a real partner to help them, help them um, solve, solve, solve their real problem. More from an internal L&D perspective, one, uh, learning and development, um, I think that's one of the areas where we've got a lot of focus from our chief human resource officer, uh, Tracy Keogh. I don't think we are where we, where we need to be. Um, just a couple months ago, we announced a new focus on managers, 
on teaching our managers. So we're gonna, um, we have about, uh, what was it, I think 5,000, 55,000 managers, uh, 5,500 um, managers in the organization. And over the course of the next 18 months, we're gonna, you know, um, move them through specific, uh, um, you know, management development course. We developed, that was, that was a phenomenal, a fascinating thing, you know, talking about culture, you know, and when you talk about learning and development, you do, when you talk, you know, these things start to blend um, um, into each other. We developed a new theme which we call the growth mindset, right? So for example, what we did as a company, again, we're a very established, very old company, you know, one year into into the new company, we abolished all the performance evaluation um, grades. Right, so you know, every company, most of the companies, every established company, has this at the end of the year. Okay, let's sit together. Are you an A, B, C? Are you a one, two, three? Are you an S or do you uh, a D, N? Did not finish. You know, you know, <laughs> partial achiever, significantly achieved. We changed this. Right. And we said, what you need to develop is a growth mindset, right? So that's our focus. So not, you know, you need to do a good job, right? But, you know, not just, you know, were you perfect? You know, you know, how well did you do? How well did you uh, do compared to Randall, right? You know, Alex, you know, you know, you were really great, but he was a little faster, you know. I can't tell you how many times we have these conversations, right? You did great, yeah. but here, you know, he over there, he was fantastic, so I'm sorry, I'm only going to grade you a medium or whatever, right? So we're developing this growth mindset, and that's, you know, again, for someone like me so long in this company, I was totally blown away, and I thought, I'm German, you know, I'm old, I can't, you know, really. it's phenomenal. You think, you don't think about, hey, you know, how well have you done, it's more like, how can you do better? You know, what can you learn? And, and that's just, we're at the very beginning of this, but from the little bit what I saw, I'm totally excited about that. Um, so you spoke a bit about the growth that will happen in the 3D space yep. and the, dem the democratization of uh, manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So we have 3D imaging currently. We have these picture, um, we have ways to scan in 3D mm -hmm. objects. We have great 3D construction software, your SolidWorks, your exactly. Dissolve Autodesk, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we also have 3D printers. What do you think are the next steps to really make this blow up as an industry? The challenge with 3D print today is um, it's two things. It's it's quantity and quality, right? So, 3D print where it is used today um, is typically in prototyping, very low lot sizes, right? Um, um, and the other challenge in this additive manufacturing that you have a lot, you know, um, y you you have a quality challenge. It's very hard to have every part be exactly the same as the other. And of course, you know, you talk, you know, if you, um, if, you if you if you go down in size, you know, that's where the challenge comes in, right? You know, you we see these videos in China. You build, you three D print a house, wonderful, right? Um, <coughs> so. Uh, the, the challenge is qu quality and quantity because what you want to what you want to be able um, is is basically you want to push up your break-even point, right? If you have lot sizes of you know 500, you know great, you know. If you have lot sizes of 200,000, where you are still more economical in 3D print versus you know I, we're talking plastic at this point in time, right? Versus injection molding, you know, then then you've got something exciting, right? And that's what we're pushing. So we're starting with lot sizes of 15,000, you know, with the, with the first machines. But literally, I mean, we've got an innovation roadmap, a machine roadmap, you know, over the next three, four years. Um, that's 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 going to completely change this. The other thing, you know, talking about excitement, the business model we're driving, the business model we're driving in 3D print. Everybody knows PC and ink, uh, P, uh, print and ink, a printer and, a, and a, you know everybody. You know, males know you know you know um, razors and blades, right? With 3D print we go a different direction. We actually work with the largest chemical manufacturers to develop fluids and powders because we believe, you know, okay, we can bring out our HP fluid, our HP powder and the chemicals, but if you work with the 3Ms, if you work with the BASFs the of the world, you know, uh, the DAOs, you know, the, 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 the speed to get to new materials 
it's just going to be so completely different. So we, you know, we, we said, okay, we license you on the HP, you know, uh, technology. We're going to sell your 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 fluid and your and your powder, but you develop this together. And um, so you know, lot size, you know, quantity and quality. Um, but we believe we've got something, and of course I'm an HPer, so I would say that. Um, but we believe we've got something that no one else has out there. You can also demand sustainable materiality, exactly. right? which is pretty amazing. Exactly. So you're you're leapfrogging, particularly in emerging markets, right, with large scale manufacturing overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about the future and sustainability. Um, and given that your industry as a whole is so young. What is your plan for sustainability in the future, and how urgent would you say these directives are? Fantastic question. Great timing, uh, because I just listened to our chief supply chain officer's presentation today about sustainability, believe it or not. Right? I can't make this up. Um, so what we're doing, you know, in, in the world of computer manufacturing, you don't do anything yourself anymore, right? So you work with, with the large uh, contract manufacturers, with the large supply chain companies, you know, um, and, you know, topics not just of environmental sustainability, but also integrity, you know, uh, people focus is, is a huge topic for us, right? So for example, you know, whether it's the J-Builds, the Flextronics, these large, large companies, you know, uh, mostly in, in low-cost growth regions, right? We have teams working with them to ensure that, you know, people are treated in the right way. We have um, uh, teams uh, on the ground with our um, with our contract manufacturers to ensure that, for example, raw materials you know are sourced you know sustainably and you know in an I with integrity. So we're not we're not we're not you know closing our eyes and telling you buy your tungsten or whatever from whoever whichever mine in Zimbabwe or wherever. Right? We don't. We, we this this is top priority for us. Right? Um, we uh, believe it or not, we buy billions um, of empty plastic bottles to shred and you know use to you know uh, injection mold our little you know printing cartridges. Right? Um, if you have an HP printer, if you have a different printer, look up HP Instant Ink. You will never run out of ink anymore because your printer knows when you need new print, uh, new ink. You're going to be shipped. A little cartridge and an envelope, and you're going to put your old cartridge into the envelope. The mailman's going to take it away. We're going to recycle that, and we're using it for the next for the next cartridge. Um, so, sustainability, integrity in the supply chain. These are top topics, and you know I couldn't have made this up. I mean, we literally. Um, had this today, um, and it's just a sign of you know we're not just looking at market share, we're not just looking at innovation in the product side, we're not just looking at at um, you know sales innovation, go-to-market innovation. We actually are trying to build and 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 you know grow profitably, grow a company that's here to stay, right? And you know from from we believe this is a core responsibility of ours, completely independent. You know also when you talk about carbon footprint completely independent of, you know, what is the regulation, right? We're, we're, we're on a plan to have, you know, all of our, uh, all of our locations, um, all of our sites, you know, you know, powered up, you know, with, uh, with, with um, renewable energy, you know, and we're going to be done by 2020 with that, right? Palo Alto runs on re renewable energy, the headquarter. Barcelona runs on renewable energy. So those are some of the, the topics we're driving down. I think she's going to grab the for you. I had a question about the split. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say now, two years later, is one of your maybe biggest takeaways or biggest lessons learned that you've learned now that you wish you knew when you were strategizing? This is going to sound, I don't know, I, I, I haven't been saying English. Uh, I think this, this may come across wrongly. I think we did a phenomenal job. Um, I think we had you know, the right people in there that came up with the right ideas about, oh, you know, we've got to think about you know, our customers. Our partners are helping us to get to our customers. So I think we did a phenomenal job there. 
What we're struggling with right now, and this is more an, an investment uh, that has, was an investment question, is how quickly do you separate the costly infrastructure items that, that are deep down in the belly of the company? Um, and I don't think, you know, there's a few, a few systems, you know, that are still, you know, completely together. Um, and we weren't fast enough there, and this is this is uh, holding us back on on innovation speed, right? Because so we we've got these things. There's a few systems that we still maintain for the other guys, and then there's a few systems that the the, the other company maintains, you know, for us. And I don't know if you followed, you know, some of the. Um, uh, you know, strategic actions of Hewlett Packard Enterprise. You know that was a 250,000 uh, people organization. They are have they are spinning off their services arm to uh, to a company called CSC. They're opening up a joint venture with a software company for their software uh, arm, and they're going to be uh, a, a cloud technology hardware company. Now. Their services arm is maintaining our systems, right? And if they go through strategic divestitures and separations, you know, they have different priorities than helping us in, in, in being uh, staying agile. So that was that was a decision I think that we could have done better to, you know, not just, you know, after the separation, you know, separate your your IT bowels, your plumbing, you know, faster because it's it's just costing us uh, agility at this point in time. But other than that, I think we've we've done phenomenally on customer focus, partner focus. We've done um, we've used the inflection point to drive the right culture, um, and um, you know, I mean, I, you know, the results we're seeing. We believe are are um, a good proof that you know we are we are executing on the right track. All right. Well, on behalf of everyone, thank you for coming.